Wednesday, 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 May the 19th, the year of our Lord 2021. Coming at you from Capitol Hill. Oh, I just remembered something. I am all over the place today. And, you know, I, I came down here, wanted to get this podcast going. Super excited about it. Of course, I'm late, as always. And apologies to our guest for me being so, even if it's just a minute late, I'm annoyed at myself when I'm a minute late to these things. And the reason I was a minute late is because I'm going to Arizona tomorrow. And if, by the way, if any of you are out there in Arizona or nearabouts, um, I will be attending, doing some reporting from the uh, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene rally in Mesa. If you haven't booked your tickets yet, I think they're still available at, um, I forget now, AmericaFirstRallyTour.com, I think it is, AmericaFirstRallyTour.com. So the reason I'm late is I'm up, I'm on the phone, I'm trying to sort out my travel details, I'm trying to throw everything in the, you know, in the, in the, in the washing machine, I almost said dishwasher, I'm throwing all my clothes in the dishwasher, right, and I'm trying to get everything ready, and then I remember, oh, you know, I've got to take some podcasting equipment, I've got to take, you know, all of the doohickeys you have to have, and the adapters, and all of that nowadays, because of course nothing ever works anymore right? <laughs> Nothing just simply works. You got to have an adapter for this. And, you know, we're streamlining MacBooks now. So we've got little, you know, things that you need to plug. It's just, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. And I'm a pretty, pretty travel competent person. I, I've traveled most of my life. As a child, I was good at it. As a teenager, I was good at it. As a young man, I was good at it. But it appears that talent is now dropping off um, as, I, as I stop becoming a young man. Now, um, you know, you ever seen that movie? I think it's uh, is it up in the air with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick, and uh, I, that used to be me, right? The, I used to be George Clooney, and yeah, he has the tra- everything is flat packed in the suitcase, everything fits, just carry on, gets on, gets off, no trouble. You know, knows exactly what to do at all junctures of travel, knows all the different airports, how they all work. I used to be that guy. I used to get so annoyed at the person in front of me who was like, you know, 15 years older than me and he'd take an extra 20 seconds to get his laptop out of his laptop bag to put it on the thing. I'm thinking to myself, ah, you know, you know you have to do this. Why can't this be done already? And now I am that guy. (laughs) So I'm sorry to everybody who I tutted at over the last uh, 10 years for not being quick enough on the trial. And of course, of course, the piece de resistance of my flummoxing this afternoon is I left my coffee upstairs. So there you go. But to cheer me up, to perk us all up, to bring likeness and goodness and great news into our day is none other than our guest uh, this uh, this afternoon. And that is none other than the newly announced gubernatorial candidate for New York. That is Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, welcome back to the program. Do we have Andrew? Oh, no, I don't have him. I wonder what's going on there. I'll dial him back in. See, now, look, I mean, how... I talked about the pièce de résistance being the coffee being left upstairs. No, the pièce de résistance was me having called up Andrew. Sorry, Raheem, I'm right here. (laughs) Sorry about that, my friend. (laughs) You know, sometimes when you're in the canyons in New York over here, 
the cell phone service cuts out on you, so I apologize. Oh, no. But no. I got to tell you, you said you said something that truly uh, resonated with me uh, in the opening room. That dishwasher, uh, I think I use it for uh, for washing machine also, so I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. I am. Um, I, I, uh, do you mind me asking, Andrew, how old are you? I am 35 years old. Uh, I've been in politics for 32 years. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm a gray beard over here. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, one of the things that came up yesterday that, that I thought about was uh, when I'm elected governor of New York on November 8th, 2020, 2022, I will be the youngest governor in the history of New York, surpassing by a few months a gentleman by the name of, of Roosevelt. Wow. Wow. Well, <laughs> good company. It, it's good company. good company indeed. Well, look, okay, so you're, I mean, you're probably just a couple of months older than me if you're 35. I'm 34, about to turn 35. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm starting to, to dodder around a, a little bit here. You know, I'm, I'm walking into a room. I'm forgetting why I'm walking into that room. Um, you know, I'm signing, I'm signing the wrong parts of forms and contracts and people are looking at me like I'm a moron. Uh, you on the other hand appear to go from strength to strength. Um, and, and, you know, that is evidenced through your, your career, your, your life, especially your life in the last, uh, five years or so where, you know, I think it's, I, I know it must be hard, you know, being, being Rudy Giuliani's son sometimes. And there's that whole, you know, living in the shadow kind of whatever. I mean, look, I, I also understand that it, it must also be incredible fun being Rudy Giuliani's son sometimes. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you can just get branded as that. Right. But I, I like to think of you and think of you as that you've really, you really have carved out, you know, your own thing for yourself, especially in the last couple of years um and and so i want to ask you about that because you know new york is one of the largest economies in the world and mm -hmm. and and people might be looking at you and saying you know what, what has he ever done what makes him qualified you know just because his name is giuliani doesn't mean he gets to just go and swan around new york and do whatever he wants which by the way i think it yeah. should mean that <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that so let's get this you've made this announcement you're gonna run that's a big deal what makes you qualified so let's let's just take what's happened over the last 15 months in my work in the trump administration here a couple of major programs that I had uh, was blessed to play a role in, Paycheck Protection Program, which ultimately ended up saving the lives of tens, saving the jobs of tens of millions of Americans while everything was shutting down. That was a program that was put together in six days. And I think what Americans should know, if they don't know this already, was that this was not done by government bureaucrats who have been in Washington, D.C. for 30 years. This was done by the private sector. President Trump, Secretary Mnuchin, wanted to make sure that our business CEOs led the way on that. I was one of the team that ultimately dealt with those business CEOs that helped to craft that policy, that helped to make sure that we saved those millions and millions of American jobs. Secondly, the CARES Act, the MTA CARES Act, um, we ended up working through the funding that saved tens of thousands of jobs for New Yorkers on our MTA and our transit system, which, by the way, that's certainly a program that I'd be working on from Albany starting in 2023, because there's a lot more that needs to be fixed in there. Third, the 9-11 health fund. It was delinquent $3.9 million. Medicaid from New York was delinquent $3.5 million. Uh, we, were, we were able in September of last year to make sure that that money was completely reimbursed 
Uh, and if you've ever had to work with two government ag- agencies, the Department of Treasury and Medicare and Medicaid, you'll know it's not exactly the easiest thing just to make sure that money got reimbursed and we made sure that they had separate tax identification numbers, which, by the way, was fault of the New York State Department of Finance. Another reason why you don't want government bureaucrats and smaller government is better. So the truth is, look, I think over the last five years, but certainly over the last 32 years, from a campaigning perspective, from seeing City Hall, seeing truly a transformative City Hall, and what I would say is the greatest City Hall in city government history, um, you know, I've, I've learned a whole lot, and, and, and the truth, truth is I will be building a team around me that will be focused on private-public partnerships. And I put private first because it is a capital, private, and a lowercase public. So, I mean, that's a pretty, a pretty robust answer. It's, it's, you know, it's, people will come at you and accuse you of inexperience. People will come, I mean, you know, they'll, they'll be doing it, frankly, for the next 20 years, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then after that, they'll accuse you of being too old. So, you know, that's the, that's the way it goes. How do you message to New Yorkers uh, that, that, you know, you are, you are a man with a plan? What is, what is the t- kind of the top, two, three, five uh, things that you will be telling them that you will be working on for them in their favor in that state? Yeah, so look, and I think these are issues that affect all New Yorkers, whether you're red or whether you're blue, it doesn't matter. The 19.5 million people that still live in New York, I say still live because that number's gone down significantly over the last 14 months and certainly over the last 10 years. We're focusing on three major issues. One, economic development. We are going to light the furnace of New York economic development once again by deregulating and by cutting taxes. Our focus is going to be on creating jobs, jobs, and jobs in New York, not in Governor DeSantis' home state of Florida. Secondly, we're going to make sure that any American, any New York parent that wants to stay over their children's education whether or not they have the resources or do not have the resources, that they do have that say. Andrew Cuomo came into office saying that he was going to be a charter school advocate. Well, let me tell you, this last $212 billion budget, I think it shows you exactly what he thought about the charter schools. That cap that, that was 460 charter schools statewide, it remained while the teachers union got a 15% raise in budget. Uh, absolutely uh, absurd. And any, any, any. Uh, any community in New York that wants a charter school, I will work to cut that red tape to make sure that they get a charter school. Third, and most importantly, we need to make sure that we start policies that set record-setting crime reduction in New York. That's funny because I've heard that from some guy like 30 years ago who was campaigning in New York <laughs> as well. I think his name was Giuliani. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, and he look, did it. The truth is this. He did it. He did it. He absolutely did it. He took New York City down from 2,200 murders to under 600. That continued until we've had the lack of leadership from the current administration. Uh, we've seen crime spike. Uh, we need to protect police officers' qualified immunity. We need to make sure we repeal the disastrous policy of bail reform, which happened in Albany last year, and it just led to a violent crime spike. And we need to make sure the war on police stops. There will be no greater friend to our New York police and Governor Giuliani from Albany. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest is Andrew Giuliani, just announced a, a gubernatorial run um, in, in New York, New York State. And um, 
Andrew, I hope you don't mind me calling you, Andrew. Um, my, Please, come on. My, um, my, the National Pulse has a membership program. They're the reason I exist, basically. Um, you know, we, we don't take any corporate money. We don't have any uh, foundations or anything like that. What we do is we, we, we say to people, if you like our work, give us five bucks or ten bucks. And, and enough kind mm-hmm. people or, 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 you know, the left would argue stupid people <laughs> chip in every, every month to keep <laughs> the us smartest going. people, the smart, The smartest people that believe in democracy. That's that's the people that are doing that. Well, so that's, that's how I feel about them. Yeah, well, thank you. And it is it is kind of that disintermediation of, of, of how media works. And, and this is, you know, we exist for the people. Our reporting is for ordinary people. And and so yeah. I always like to bring them into the into the equation as well when I'm doing the podcast, when I'm, you know, when I'm, they're part of my everyday life now. Um, and I think that's probably, I get on their nerves now. You know, I'm always in the chat uh, that we have. We have a big private chat channel. I'm always in there bugging them uh, to help me with mm-hmm. things and they chip in with research and all of this sort of stuff. And one of them uh, lives in central New York State. Um, her name is Reese. And she's asked me to yeah. ask you this question. So this is from Reese. And she, Reese asks, uh, everyone runs for governor of New York City, not the whole state. Mm-hmm. What will you do yeah. to come and connect with people above Albany to bridge the gap between us and the city and make us a part of the state again? Great question, Reese. So let, let me start off first off by saying uh, I think I think Reese is probably right. I think a lot of people do run a New York City centric uh, centric campaign. Here's what I've done already to start working on that. We will make sure we will work to bring clean fracking to New York State that affects the southern tier of New York, southern tier of Western New York, so much. Just people can go on Zillow and look at the property values in Pennsylvania and then right over the border in New York. And you'll see exactly what that actually means from an economic standpoint. Secondly, I am building a team, an economic team. And these are people that I worked with from the White House, people that I worked with uh, before the White House, of business leaders from all across New York State. Not Wall Street in New York, but truly all across New York State. Buffalo, Rochester, Utica, Rome, all the way across New York State to make sure that I am being advised by Everybody, any business owner that has has a say will have a seat in a Giuliani administration. When we change around New York, Raheem, it's going to be because the business leaders, the job creators, the parents want their kids to have a better life because they have a say in it. That's how we're going to change around New York. It's not going to come only from Wall Street. It's going to come from the North Down. And so I truly believe that. Well, uh, and and you know, I suppose this. I'm a Londoner, as as many people know, and and I grew up in a you know in a city that that, that has that same you know that same dynamic. A lot of uh, London mayors uh, have only really aimed at certain parts of the 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 city mm-hmm. uh, in which they in which they campaign. And you know, London is absolutely massive. It's massive. It's massive. It may it, it would be mm-hmm. a state right in and of itself. Yeah. Um. And and you know, suburban Londoners were were, were often um, you know, upset about being you know, their votes just kind of taken for granted. You know, the guys in the leafy yeah. suburbs vote for the conservative candidate. Right. The guys in the in the tower blocks and the council houses vote for the Labour candidate. And that's how it always was. And and you know, that brings me on to another question here, because, you know, New York New York City is one thing. New York State is a whole other thing. I mean, New York State is, is, is you know, one of the most influential nations <laughs> in the world in yeah. and of itself, right? And so... Mm-hmm. I, by its very nature, that job 
is is kind of geopolitical as well. Um, yeah, you are dealing with with foreign investment. You are dealing with matters of national mm-hmm. security. You are dealing with all those sorts of other things. G- give us an idea in terms of of, of your ideas of, of of selling New York as a state to the rest of the world. How how you know how do you couch it? Yeah, look, it's a great question. And, and when I think about New York State, here's what I think about. I think about the Erie Canal. I think about the vision 200 years ago it took to build the Erie Canal. And what that ended up doing, Raheem, was that connected the rest of the world to the, to the rest of the United States from an economic standpoint through New York. The fact that they would be able to dig that and do that created commerce, not just around our state, but all around our country and truly all around the world. So New York truly has a great history of that. I know for us on this side of the pond, as I know that you've certainly experienced over the last bunch of years, Mm -hmm. we always think that history is 200 years. As President Mm -hmm. Trump told me as when he international tour, he realized, well, you know, 200 years old for them happened yesterday, basically. But the truth is, New York has always been an economic center in the world. That has changed over the last few years. And it is moving out of New York. Our economics are moving out of New York. Our jobs are fleeing the state because we are disincentivizing businesses from from creating here. Mm. Governor Giuliani will make sure we incentivize New York businesses to continue to build and other businesses to look at New York and say, this place is competitive. This is New York. There's a great history here. There's great leadership. I want to create jobs for New Yorkers. And I believe that this is a place that we should set our footprint. Andrew Giuliani, I've just got a, a, a couple more questions for you. Just two quick questions for you. I'm really appreciative for yeah. your time. Um, the, oh, first, the first one relates to, to the um, agony that we've all been living through the last uh, 18 months. And and I think mm-hmm. as we proceed down the lines of investigation on this, we, we are becoming more and more convinced uh, that this didn't come from a wet market. It didn't come from, you know, a badly made bat soup or whatever it was. Um, and, and much yeah. of the, you know, quote unquote, scientific community um, is now out there saying, you know what? Let's have another look at this. You you can read that from <laughs> Nicholas Wade in the you know the former New York Times science correspondent, and you know it's you see it all over the place now. And people like Josh Rogan, who who by the way you know has politics nowhere near yours or mine, uh, over at the Washington yeah. Post is is now you know pushing at this door and and really right. trying to show what happened here. We we on the National Pulse we broke last week a story that the the Wuhan lab the Virology Institute had had scrubbed from its own website all references to its active partnerships with the National Institutes uh, for Health mm-hmm. with NIAID uh, with all these different organizations but the one they left up there was a New York based organization and that organization is called the Echo Health Alliance and the Echo Health Alliance is run by a chap called Peter Daschuk and Peter Daschuk was mm-hmm. the supposedly independent World Health Organization auditor who went over to Wuhan a couple of months ago and said to them guys um, did this did this outbreak come from you and they went oh no sir and he said, well, there you have it. Can I ask you now, uh, uh, if you are elected governor of, of, of the great state of New York, will you please investigate the Echo Health Alliance? Well, what I can tell you, Raheem, is I think it is absolutely criminal the fact that they would politicize this the way that they have. The truth is the Democratic Party and the media, or the leftists in the media, have politicized this. I would certainly look into that in day one. I do not want to commit to anything from a 
legal perspective because sure. I do think any good governor should take the time to actually deal with his counsel and make sure that they do the right thing. But what I can tell you is um, I know that our biggest threat as Americans, our, the biggest threat to democracy around the world right now is China, it's China, it's China. And anybody who does not want to admit that, admit that or calls that in some way bigoted or anything like that, they are just not looking at it. I can tell you from the White House and the time that I spent in there that China's motives are to do everything they can to weaken the United States significantly and make sure that China is truly the leader of, and I don't want to say a free world anymore, the leader of the world if that ends up happening. All Americans, whether you believe in Donald Trump, whether you believe in Joe Biden, I mean, uh, you know, you've you got to admit that that is truly our biggest threat right here. I guess if you believe in Joe Biden, you probably wouldn't. I mean, one of the things I used to say in the White House was, I'm happy to take five figures a year serving the, serving the American people while Hunter Biden takes six figures a day serving the Chinese people. So let me let me just clarify on that as well, because I think, you know, that should mm-hmm. give us great encouragement. I mean, no, we're not talking from a legal perspective, certainly not talking from a, you right. know, from, listen, if there's one person that knows, uh, you know, that political prosecutions are wrong, it's you. OK, I mean, you're living, your family is living through one now, right now. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is for an investigation right. into the, you know, uh, just just inquiring into the organization yeah. and, 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 and who it's yeah. been working with. That's all. That's all we're asking. Yes. I would absolutely commit to that to you today, 100%. And you will get somebody who will be tough to make sure that we do not continue to see, as I said, the politicization, the corruption, right. like we've seen in the Justice Department, right? I mean, it's the same thing in the health communities to actually politicize this. Mm. It's terrible, and, it's, and it's, it, it, it hurts Americans so badly that we, need to, we do need to have our government leaders stand up and say, look, our, our main role as government leaders mm. should be to protect our citizens. It should be to all take more control, or take more power, which unfortunately many leaders, including Andrew Cuomo, have done over the last 10 and a half years and certainly last 14 months. It should be to protect our citizens, to protect and serve them. Just, a, you know, something just occurred to me there as well. Just, all right, I, I said one more. What I'll do is I'll do three in one question, okay? Just three little little quick ones. Okay, number one, ele- election integrity. How high of a priority is that for you? Uh, right right next to China. You know, you think about it. Um, I will not uh, spend a dime on my discretionary income, which is probably not too much because I'm not taking any salary running, mm. uh, but I will not spend a dime of my discretionary income uh, on Major League Baseball this year because they will not stand for election integrity. It absolutely is the most important thing. It's something that our team is already looking into in 2022 in New York to make sure that there is an election that anybody who wants to vote can vote, but that there are not nobody can vote twice. I think that's extremely important. So that is that is right up on the top of my priority list. Uh, number two, uh, the question that a lot of people will ask is, can you really win? Yes, we can win. Absolutely. We've already looked at the numbers in this. Um, the truth is, uh, if you can carry 37% of New York City, because of the populace of New York City, you have a chance to win. In our polling numbers right now, we see we are carrying 42 to 43% of New York City. In doing that, you can absolutely drive the vote in the other areas of New York State and win the state. We actually are polling 
significantly better than the other potential or announced Republican uh, candidates. Um, And right now we are polling very, very close with Governor Cuomo. I believe the person who's going to help us most in these polling is Andrew Cuomo, because the more times that Cuomo speaks, the better it ends up helping us. So, yes, we can. And Raheem, we will win. And lastly, um, uh, Andrew Giuliani, just before, uh, and, and by the way, I want you to make sure you plug your website and your social media feeds and everything yeah. and make sure people keep up to date with you. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask and I get slapped on the wrist by all of my members, which are thousands and thousands of people, <laughs> so my wrist, wrist would be very red raw. If I didn't ask the question, uh, how is your father? What is going on there? It, you know, I appreciate there may be not much you can tell us, but people obviously love him and are concerned. He is tough. I got to tell you, there's nobody tougher than, than Rudolph Giuliani. And, and I am so proud to be his son. Um, you know, since we talked last, Raheem, I think uh, a couple of different things had happened. We might have talked actually after NBC uh, and the Washington Post and New York Times had to retract their story. Mm-hmm. But, we all, but we also found out recently, and this is pretty coincidental, and I'm certainly interested to hear your take on this, is on May 1st, 2018, the Justice Department started investigating my father. You know the coincidence of the date with him? That was the day that he started to represent President Donald J. Trump. Wow. Now, you tell me the Justice Department has not become corrupted. It is disgusting. And any free American, any free citizen in the world who believes, who believes truly that justice should be blind, is disgusted by what they're seeing right now. Rudy Giuliani is the greatest prosecutor in the history of our country. He's the mayor in the history of our city and the greatest mayor in the history of our state. He is one of the greatest Americans in the history of our country. And I stand by my father every step of the way. Well, Andrew Giuliani, you know, we can hear that. We can hear that passion. We can hear that fire in your voice that we're, we've been, you know, so lucky to have heard from from Mayor Giuliani, from your father, for for decades and decades now. And I remember, you know, I can't even imagine, begin to imagine what it was like for your family. But I remember watching from 3,000 miles away uh, Mayor Giuliani on television uh, uh, you know, immediately after nine eleven, and, and and thinking, wow, what a what a what a guy, and and what a guy to to take up the mantle for your home state. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's you, Andrew Giuliani. Tell people where they can follow you, where they can get involved with the campaign. Yes. Well, look, any of those great National Pulse listeners who have who have spent a few bucks to do this, uh, please come to nyforgiuliani.com. That's N-Y-F-O-R-G-I-U-L-I-A-N-I.com and donate a few bucks. I suggest 22 or 57, 22 to make sure that Andrew Giuliani wins in 2022 and becomes the 57th governor of the great state of New York. So please come over there. Whether you're a New Yorker, whether you've been to New York, whether you want to go to New York, whether you just mm-hmm. like New York in the movie, please do everything you can because this is going to take an all of New York and all of America effort in order to do this. So nyforgiuliani.com and then our social media handles are at Andrew H. Giuliani. Please follow me there and you'll see where we're going because we're going all around the state, all 62 counties over the next 18 months. And I'll tell you what, it's going to end right in Albany, and that's when one-party rule ends in Albany. And Raheem, i got to tell you, I I want you to book a hotel right now, December 31st, 2022, because on January 1st, 2023, we're going to throw a heck of a party, and we're going to get right down to work. I'm booking the closest hotel to the governor's mansion. Believe (laughs) believe me. 
Andrew, thank you so much for being with us here again today. Godspeed. We'll keep up with you throughout the campaign. Godspeed. Anything you need, let us know. Thank you, Raheem. I'll talk to you later, my friend, and, and keep up the great work. You will truly, truly uh, are a great man. Thank you, Andrew Giuliani. It means a lot coming from you. Thank you. You too. And be safe. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, i got to tell you, you can hear that fire. You can hear that passion. You can hear uh, that it means just so much to him. And and that's what I care about, you know. Policies, obviously, you know. that we. I know we spend a lot of time bickering over you know candidates with different policies i mean look at the whole look at the whole debacle recently between you know chip roy and elise stefanik G- give me a break i mean you know talk about the worst the worst of the hobson's choice you know this is something that should be a given right policies come on donald trump showed the way policies show me america first then let's talk about passion Let's talk about integrity. Let's talk about uh, prioritization. You know, China and electoral integrity, right up there for Andrew Giuliani. And I just, you know, that that is music to my ears. Because any candidate that ranks either of those two things, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or doesn't appear in their list of priorities at all, has no business in 21st century Western politics. Those two things are everything. And, you know, it's... it's it, We have to take a lot of blame for the fact that we've allowed it to get this far. And on both sides of that, on, with both of those issues, that we didn't see this great big steel coming up. It was so abundantly obvious. So abundantly obvious. I mean, you know, we ran story after story after story on the Transition Integrity Project, on mail-in ballots, on everything. Everything. You know, all right, not not everything. The one thing that we didn't get was the, was the machine stuff. And I don't, you know, frankly, I don't even know if there's anything in the machine stuff. I am not qualified to tell you if there's anything in the machine stuff. And I never will be. Um, but you don't even need the machines. To flip the uh, to flip the election to flip the results, you need to show what every you know good-hearted, sound-minded person knows, which is that states broke the law in changing their election laws, or they didn't change the election laws. What they did was they ignored their election laws. They broke the law in doing that. And the other part of this is, of course, this, it's a, an industrial scale operation that we're dealing with here in the, inside the Democratic Party. And, and of course, with the establishment media as well, it's an industrial scale operation, a fraud operation, right? You think of all the different things, all the different constituent parts of your life, and right now, the left is engaged in, in in defrauding you in some way. The left has always been engaged in defrauding you out of your taxes. They love that. But I want to bring a couple of stories to your attention here. And I'm, you know, I've got to tell you, as, as, as days go on, you know, the National Pulse needs me less and less. 
in terms of the just in the amount of content that is sent my way now by by other people members of this members of the what i now like to call the national pulse artist collective right npac which you can join up to at fundrealnews.com. If you haven't done it, it's one of the coolest communities you'll ever be a part of. It just really is. NPAC. Seriously. Um, and we call it the Artist Collective. You know, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I've noticed that there's just a lot of creative people in there, and they always want to help. They want to help with... Some are doing statistics and analysis. Some are doing graphics. Some are doing, uh, you know, some spreadsheets for us. Some are doing, um, you know, music. I, I haven't, I, I told you this, uh, we played this song by Stephen Dale Petit a couple of weeks back on the podcast. If you missed it, you know, you missed it. But uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll play us out with, uh, play us out with that again today. But these are these are amazing people, and day in and day out, they're sending me stuff. I I realize I'm waffling on. Um, it's because I'm it's because I'm mid Google. I shouldn't say Google. Mid search on something at the same time on my on my device. I'm trying to bring a couple, bring a couple of stories up that I want to talk to you about. Back to that fraud point I'm making. Let's start with how whether it's Nigel Farage rallies or Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene rallies between the Lincoln Project and, you know, verified quote-unquote reporters on Twitter, people who work at the, at the Irish Times newspaper and Byline Times, this, like, blue and on conspiracy left-wing site. Um, a bunch of these people have been encouraging... Um, you know, blue blue and on members, which are which are far left conspiracy theorists. You know, the types of people who think Russia stole the last election, um, but doesn't think the 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 twenty sixteen election, I should say, um, but doesn't think that this past election could have been stolen by people in America. That's blue and on, okay. And these people are flooding uh, MTG, Matt Gates, Nigel Farage, you know, Eventbrite links for the rallies with fake registrations and their idea is that you you force the event organizers to go oh my goodness we've got 40,000 people coming to this rally in Tulsa we better book a room that can accommodate that and then of course there's 200 people in the room and everybody looks really silly um that happened to the president of the United States that's why Brad Pascal um had to move on from his role in the campaign so they're doing it they're doing it again difference is now we know how to account for it we know what it looks like we know how to take false registrations out of uh rsvps like that and I, you know i've seen it all before i've worked in that i've worked in that business so you know two days ago i noticed that this is happening with nigel farage's event in pittsburgh and i get in touch with him and i tell him hey i've seen this social media activity, you're about to start getting a lot of fake uh, registrations for your event. And here's where the National Pulse Artist Collective kicked in. So the members of the Discord chat channel that we have, they decided to go to work in identifying 
who was tweeting the, these links as, as fraud and went through, identified who the people were, how many tickets they had tried to book, what messages what messages they had left. In some cases, you know, where they worked, i.e. these, these quote-unquote reporters, these verified Twitter accounts, hey, actually, you guys claim to be reporters, but here you are trying to defraud a political event. And one of the guys works for Upcard. It's a cybersecurity firm. What is his name? Let me find out here. Scroll down this thing. Chris Vickery. There's a very special reason that I'm uh, I'm naming Chris Vickery as well, because I said to Chris Vickery, hey, you work at a cybersecurity firm called UpGuard, and and you're engaged in a, a cyber fraud, effectively, a scam? And Chris Vickery immediately blocks me and then starts tweeting about me. He says, oh, I will sue you if you don't take that allegation down. Vickery, my dude, you are trying to defraud people. You are trying to get a group to spend more money on a venue. You are trying to stop other people getting their hands on tickets. You are trying to leave empty spaces in a room. You are defrauding people, and you are doing it on the internet. That is the definition of the job that you claim to stop other people doing. You, sir, are not just trying to defraud people. You are a fraud. Sue me. Another of these people is somebody who writes at Politico. You know, Politico's, oh, you know, we're independent journalists. We wouldn't uh, be politicking. Andrew Scott, who writes for Politico, also engaged in this. Peter Maguire from the Irish Times. A government healthcare lobbyist, Julia Grace. Peter Dukes. Russia hoax aficionado. And that, I tell you, the National Pulse Artists Collective, they went to work, they went to town, they helped them scrub all these fake registrations from the Freedom Works thing. They set up a thing called Farage Event Scammer Tracking Sheet. And it's so cool to watch how in real time, ordinary people are just like, no, you're not going to F with us. We're done with that. That world is over. Another of the one th- things I wanted to bring to your attention. So we have a um, we have a contributor, part of the artist collective, of course, a contributor called uh, uh, Jim Nellis. And Jim just did such a good job. He reached out to me a couple, like, ten days ago. He said, "Look, I work in supply chains and, and all of that. I want to I want to do something for you guys on um, inflation." And the article was so good, it was so tight, it was so well written. I barely had to do any edits to it. That's why I say that National Pulse, you know, decreasingly needs me in its life. All right, I, I have to do the editing and the publishing and the pictures, fine. But the content, that's all, that's all, we're crowdsourcing that now. Well, some of it. <laughs> Natalie won't like me saying that. We're crowdsourcing like 25% of it. But still, that's a cool thing to have happen, right? When the quality is so high, and I encourage you all to go out and look for this article. It's called Graphics, colon. Um, Biden's America last ideas crushed the working class in just 100 days. And Jim Nellis did such a good job of putting all the information together that I actually reached out to our uh, our graphics girl, Anne, and I said, Anne, you've got to put this stuff in, in these like infographics. And then she did such a good job as well. So there is like this article that's up on the National Pulse, which, you know, isn't, you know, we're not CNBC, 
we're not um you know the economist we don't have those resources but we have one of the best articles out there right now on inflation and 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 it's done it's it's produced in a way that allows ordinary people to understand because i don't understand how half this stuff works but this article is done in such a way that it allows the ordinary person to understand what's going on here and it and it puts it into graphics so you can really see like hey oh my goodness meat prices are up six percent oh my goodness egg prices are up five percent fruit and veg up three point eight percent dairy up one point six percent you know, it's got it's got all of the all of the images, the infographics, the lumber prices up 124 um, percent. I just I just love it when a plan comes together. It just it looks so cool. And of course, the last story I wanted to talk to you um, about today is so it's this Matt Gates story again, and I'm 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 obsessed with it now so last week you probably saw in the news and you know breaking flash briefing joel greenberg set to plead and then the next day we are one day closer to joel greenberg pleading and then of course we have to wait until monday and you get all of the uh sunday chat shows the sunday shows to oh joel greenberg is 24 hours away from pleading pleading um and of course then you know we we all you know knew what was going to happen here anybody that's been following the case knows what's going to happen except except what the media refuses to tell you about joel greenberg and this case now remember greenberg was this guy that they keep calling you know gates former wingman okay whatever um so this this guy has pleaded to a number of crimes this week. And you can read the plea deal. It's up on the site. I feel like everybody had to, has to go through this information because I was going through it. And I'm 60 pages out of 80 pages into this thing, which is weird in and of itself, by the way. Um, and I get to count count 24 count 24 and you read through this and maybe i'll just read it read it to you the victim of count 24 is a teacher at a local school in the middle district of florida referred to herein as the teacher on or about october 4th 2019 the teacher filed with the seminole county supervisor of elections to run for the elected office of seminole county tax collector in the 2020 election because the teacher had filed to run in opposition to him greenberg used the mail an interactive computer service an electronic communication service an electronic communication system of interstate commerce and a facility of interstate commerce to engage in a course of conduct that caused, attempted to cause, and would be reasonably expected to cause substantial emotional distress to the teacher. Greenberg started by mailing letters. On or about October 10th, 2019, Greenberg used the United States Mail to send an anonymous letter that purported to be from a concerned student. The letter was mailed from the Middle District of Florida and was addressed to the head of the school where the teacher worked. 
The envelope contained an anonymous typed letter addressed to the head of the school that contained information alleging an inappropriate relationship between a teacher and a student. In that letter, Greenberg, posing as a student at the school, falsely represented that he had first-hand knowledge of a sexual relationship between another fictitious student, identified as R, and the teacher. Greenberg, posing as a student at the school, falsely represented that R admitted to engaging in oral and anal sex with the teacher and that the incidents took place at the school. Greenberg, posing as a student at the school, signed the letter, a very concerned student at the school. Greenberg's false accusations resulted in local law enforcement conducting a criminal investigation of the teacher. Florida Statute 800.101 criminalizes any authority figure, such as a teacher at school, from soliciting or engaging in sexual conduct, a relationship of a romantic nature, or lewd conduct with a student enrolled at a school. Violations of the statute are second-degree felonies. Greenberg's false allegations about the teacher involved false claims that the teacher had committed felony criminal offenses. As Greenberg knew when he made those allegations in the letters and in the online posts, those allegations were false. Greenberg made those false allegations to cause substantial emotional distress to the teacher. After investigating the teacher, law enforcement found no support whatsoever for the false allegations that Greenberg has made. Well, Joel Greenberg and his lawyers are currently making the same allegations behind the scenes and mostly, by the way, in leaks to the Daily Beast about Congressman Matt Gates. That, what you just heard, is a big old red flag, a big old smoking gun. And have you heard CNN talking about that part of the plea deal? MSNBC? ABC, Politico, anyone? You haven't, of course, because they want you to think that Matt Gates is guilty. They want you to think that Matt Gates involved himself in a relationship of a romantic nature or engaged in sexual conduct or lewd conduct with a minor. The very same pattern pattern that Joel Greenberg pleaded guilty to this past week. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Well, you know we like to say signal not noise, huh? We are also the National Pulse. And we do not miss a beat. I want to say thank you to some of our new members who have joined us in the last day or so. Richard, Raymond, Frank, David, Stephen, Milda, Kay, Jen, Paul, Sarah, James, Carrie, Stephen, Doran, or Duran, Frank, Adrian, John, Alan, Abner, Stephen, Susan, Drew, Catherine, Douglas, Jack, the list goes on and on. And if you want to come and join the National Pulse Artist Collective and make your mark on the news, head on over to fundrealnews.com. 
There is also, for the more profligate amongst you, a new layer of membership, a new level of membership, I should say, called Superbacker. And Superbackers get the added bonus of coming on this podcast with me. We've already got two of them. So how about it? Fundrealnews.com The link to Andrew Giuliani's website will be in the bio or whatever it's called, the description for this podcast. And I need you to do me one massive favor, ladies and gentlemen. Like it, review it, share it, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Five stars. Help us reach more people. I'll see you in Arizona.